0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm and have a live link also at thetrumpet.com. All of our programming is available in podcast form at The Trumpet or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Have you ever said something and then later regretted it? That's happened to everybody and we've all been in that situation Sometimes it's a bigger struggle for some, uh, more than others. Saying the wrong thing can cause a lot of problems. It can cause offense. Sometimes it can even destroy relationships and can cause people to lose jobs. What we say does have consequences. And the words that we use are very important. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. Notice this passage in James 3. We have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible available, it'd be good to get it out. We could look at these scriptures together and see some of the things that God says about what we say. James 3 and verse 2, it says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. If somebody is perfect in what they say, they're perfect. If they can control their tongue and never say the wrong thing, they are perfect. It's a perfect man. You know, Imagine being perfect like that and never saying the wrong thing. But we know that only Christ was perfect as a human. And so clearly everyone else has struggled with saying the wrong thing at times. Notice how the uh, Revised Standard Version translates this passage, James 3 and verse 2. It says, For we all make many mistakes, and if anyone makes no mistakes in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body also. And so that's, again, just very remarkable to think about how powerful our words are and what an indication they are of where we are spiritually. Christ tells us to be perfect in Matthew 5 and verse 48, and that is the goal that we should be working towards. One way to measure our growth is to consider what we say. Again, we've all made mistakes in this area and probably still do from time to time. But what's the pattern? Is it happening a lot? Uh, Hopefully, it's happening less, you know, where the wrong things aren't being said often. But it can really be a problem. It can be a struggle. It can cause, again, relationships to fall apart. It can cause people to lose jobs. I remember one of the first jobs I had. Uh, there was a, a sales division within the company, and uh, one of the sales guys got fired. And I, it was the first time I'd really been at a job and seen somebody get fired. I didn't see the firing, but I mean, I saw that that they weren't there anymore. And word began to spread around the office that this uh, individual no longer worked there. And so I said, well, what happened? And uh, it got down to the fact that he just couldn't stop saying the wrong things. Even though he did okay at the job, he had some success, as I understand it. There was just too many problems with what he said. And I don't know exactly what he said, but that was what was uh, mentioned to me. So I just always stuck in my mind, you know, one of those experiences early in life that sticks with you. And I thought, you know, we do have to be careful what we say. We all have to be careful with what we say. It does affect things. James 3 in verse 3 and 4 it continues and says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships... Which, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor lists. So, again, examples given here by James about how we can move the horses by what's in their mouth. The ships are moved by this small rudder. And so it's amazing how the tongue uh, has so much power. It does have so much power and Mr. Fleury uh, who is the trumpet editor-in-chief Mr. Gerald Fleury he has a booklet on James where he talks about these passages and he writes this a whole ship can be guided through waves and storms with a little rudder our tongue expresses what is in our mind and if we can just control our tongues we actually guide our whole being and demonstrate a great deal of character and there is a um, website that I looked up where it talks about shipping and, and how ships work. And it says this, a rudder is one of the most important components in any Marine vessel. It enables the helmsman to steer control and direct the ship in the sea. A damaged rudder poses a high risk to the structural integrity of the ship without an efficient rudder. A ship can't operate properly, even with all other systems intact. So it's just vitally important for a ship to have a rudder that functions correctly or else the whole ship's off course. The whole, the whole ship's going to have a problem. And the same is true. James makes that point that if we aren't speaking correctly, our whole life is heading off course. The words we say, they can really uh, be great and really very helpful or they can cause a great deal of damage. So we have to be very careful in what we say. And so it's vitally important that we consider that and think about it. Notice what Christ said in Luke 6 and verse 45. He gets to the root of where our words come from. Luke 6 and verse 45, he says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So we say what we have in our hearts, what we have in our minds, what we're thinking about, we speak that. The root cause of evil speaking is evil thinking. So we want to control what comes out of our mouths and what we say. We have to control what we think about, what goes into our minds and what we have in abundance What's in there? What do we spend our time thinking about? Because that's what we will talk about. That's what we will speak about. And the Bible gives us some pretty clear direction on how we ought to speak. There's a way to speak. And we see this in Ephesians 4 and verse 15. Ephesians 4 and verse 15. It says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, speaking the truth in love. That's what we need to be doing. Now, a person could say something that is true, but not say it in love. There's an example that uh, comes to mind. I've seen this happen before, where two people are meeting up. They haven't seen each other in a while, and one of the people's gained some extra weight, (laughs) and the other person says, wow, you really put on some pounds. Well, that's true, right? But it's not helpful. It's not loving. It's not being said uh, in any way that would be a help to the person. Technically, it's true. They did speak the truth, but they didn't speak it in love. You know, now if they pulled the person aside and, you know, it was the right time and they felt like they had that type of relationship where they could, you know, help them out with some health issues. That might be a different story, but, you know, just to say something that's uh, offensive like that, it didn't help anybody, and it just caused offense, and it, it puts a strain on relationships. So we have to speak the truth, but we have to do it in love, in a way that will help, in a way that we will be beneficial. What we say should always be true, but it should be said in, in a loving way, in a helpful way, as we'll look at And sometimes it's better to not say anything because it wouldn't be helpful in the moment. Sometimes it's better just to wait. It takes wisdom, and we have to pray for that and ask God to give us that. But again, what we say and what we don't say, it has a major impact on our lives. It guides and directs so much about our life and uh, where we end up in terms of the fruits in this life, but then eternally as well. Notice this instruction in Ephesians 4, we'll pick up a few highlights, starting in verse 22, where there's instruction here uh, from Paul about how to speak, and he says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. So we all have had those moments of saying things we shouldn't say and doing things we shouldn't do, and having wrong thoughts in our minds and the wrong words come out of our mouths. But we have to be overcoming that. He says, put that off and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And so again, as Christ talked about there, it's from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we want to make sure our minds are being renewed and that we're having the right things in our mind. It says in that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That When we're converted, we become a new man. We change. We become a new person. We don't live and think and speak like we used to. Instead, we begin to think more and speak more like God does. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, the mind of Christ. So that's what we need in our mind. If that's in our mind, that we'll speak that way. It says, and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Here are some of the things to not do. Not speak. Put away lying. Don't lie. Of course, that's one of God's commandments. Don't lie. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Speak the truth. Further, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying. Again, this is talking about speaking the truth in love. Don't speak in a way that's corrupt. It's corrupt communication. But speak that which is good to the use of edifying. It'll be helpful. It'll be beneficial. You know, you can go into a situation and think, okay, well, what, what could I say here, and would it be helpful? How could I be helpful here with what I say? It's powerful, you know. Saying the wrong thing causes a lot of destruction. But saying the right thing, it causes health and growth. It it edifies. It says that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know, that's the type of a person that people want around. They want that person around because they're helpful in what they say. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Get rid of all those things. Those are things that shouldn't be in our minds and they shouldn't be um, influencing the words we speak. We shouldn't be speaking in a way that's bitter or that's wrathful and angry and and, uh, evil. We need to put all that away. Put away the malice. But instead, as we just read there, we need to... Uh, speak that which is good to the use of edifying. It says, "And be you kind one to another. <laughs> be kind." Now that doesn't mean that sin is accepted, or you know, we, anything goes. Sometimes people might read some of those passages and think, "Well, you know, that means you could no one can ever say anything about sin. You know, anything goes. Everybody can do what they want." That's not true. But we're to be kind one to another and say the right words and speak the right way. And, you know, when we consider that and think about, well, how, how do we speak in different situations? We go back and examine Christ's life. There were times when he corrected when it was the right time. There were times where he, he you know, showed a lot of mercy. There were times when he, he had a lot of compassion. Uh, the, all those different uh, moments of his life, he always spoke the right words. Remember, he was perfect. And so he spoke perfectly. He was a perfect man, and he spoke perfectly. We can look at his life. We can look more into that and and understand how to speak the right way and pray and ask God for help to do that. Lots of different situations come up. What's the right thing to say? And there were times where Christ didn't say anything, (laughs) right? He was before Pontius Pilate, and at times he didn't even answer him because it wasn't the time to say something. So he had a perfect understanding of this. And we need to consider him, and as again, Philippians 2 5 says, let Christ's mind be in us. And we need God's spirit for that to, to happen. We need that um, power from God. And then we can really begin to speak in a way that's edifying. But as we consider ourselves and we consider our growth, we have to look at the words we say. And that's a good indication of how we're growing. Mr. Flurry writes in the James booklet. He says we must control our tongue because we are destined to control the universe. I mean, that's the future God has for his people and for all of mankind to be involved in in doing some amazing things beyond this life. And if we have that type of power, if we're God beings and we have that type of power, and again, you can study all about that and the incredible human potential. You know, to have that type of power, we're going to have to be able to control it. And we have to control what we say today for sure. Each of us, Mr. Flurry writes, must learn to exercise wisdom in this area. And of course, that's right. We have to pray for that. It says we must learn to say things that will encourage people and lift them up. And he's not talking about flattery or anything like that because it's truth. It's always truthful. But there's still, there's ways to encourage and lift people up in a true, right way. And he says when we fail to do that, we can easily beat people down, you know, like discouraged and frustrated. And, you know, I think we can all probably think of situations in our life where we've helped some people and then sometimes we haven't based upon what we've said. We have to learn from that. And it's important in families, too. You notice this, Mr. Flurry writes, a parent can change the nature of creation in his own family or alter the whole direction of his child's life just by the words he speaks to that child. Once your communication begins turning negative, that cycle becomes destructive very quickly. He says, We must repent and watch our tongue. Christ holds each one of us accountable for every word we utter. And that's true. I mean, every word we say is um, something that we're held accountable for. We can see this in Matthew 12 and verse 36. Matthew 12 and verse 36, Christ says, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. And we have to take that seriously And, and realize we have to be very careful with what we say. But the exciting thing is, as we do learn to speak more like God does, how much we can help other people, how much we can help things grow and expand. There's a lot of power in words, but there's a lot of positive power in them, if they're used correctly. And that's a really exciting thing to think about. Speaking words that really do help people. That's awesome. That is awesome. So we have an awesome responsibility, but an awesome opportunity there to speak words that do help people. Remember to speak the truth in love. If we can do that and grow in that, and we're getting closer and closer to being perfect like Christ and God the Father want us to be. Really growing in that, that's an awesome, awesome thing to grow in. And we can really measure our growth by considering what we say and what the fruits of our conversations are. If you'd like to learn more about this, we have uh, a booklet on James, which gets into more detail. That's free at thetrumpet.com. And it really is a powerful, powerful booklet and a powerful section, particularly about our tongues and how powerful the words we speak are. So that's free at thetrumpet.com. That's the James booklet. You can get that there. That's all the time we have for today. On this edition of Live by Every Word, thanks for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.